Hello, hello, and welcome to another week of Let Me Sip. You're here joined by Yuzi. It's Eldred. Sean. Okay. I've got a question for you guys. If you had um, three more months left on Earth, like, how do you think you would spend it? Um, what does what does that involve? Him? Do I have unlimited means in that last few months, or is it just as it things are? As things are. Um, the people, people, people you love, people you haven't seen, family. Um, I would also try and do things that I've I'll have a bucket list, a long ass bucket list, um, <coughs> and just try to cross off as much as it is things that I've been wanting to do or say not do and stuff like that. I guess it would be formed around those kind of lines. Yeah. What about you? Um. <laughs> I'm gonna ask first, and then <laughs> <laughs> all right. And then maybe I would um, respond after. But okay, so do you think that three months would be like I don't know enough time for you to make a plan, or do you think you'd spend like a lot of time, I guess, panicking about the fact that you're about to die? Do you know what I mean? I get as opposed mean. to like maybe it's, like it's a year. It's hard to say. I, I, I couldn't tell you. if I, I don't think I would spend a lot of time planning if I knew my time was limited, particularly mm-hmm. in a short period of time. I think it will just be as it goes, as it comes, like, really. Um, obviously, you'll panic, and maybe I'll be panicked throughout, but I wouldn't let that consume me and then delay time. The way I'll be seeing things, I'll be doing things with like, zero fucks, in a sense, like, let's move kind of thing. Mm. Is it just me who's dying or is it everybody, everything's Every- ending? No, 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 just you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's say like if we had like three months left to live. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tight, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'd, I wouldn't do anything that would destroy my legacy. But I'll, actually, of course I would, probably, probably. At some point, to some degree anyway. I'll, I'll live life um, without limitations mm-hmm. as best as I can. But at the same time, show love because I think that's one of the most important things. And use that time to spread and show love and just, yeah, be grateful for what you have been managed to do. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I'll probably just still do the same thing. Yeah. As, oh, as you're doing now, okay, cool. So there's only, what, why, three why, months, why, why, yeah, why, three months. why would you choose to do that? Because, like I said, three months is not a lot of time, so by the time you're planning on doing this and doing that, you're talking about the place you're at right now, so... Mm-hmm. Unless you have unlimited funds to just do whatever you want to do, it really doesn't really make any you sense. You can live into a, to an extent that you have unlimited funds mm-hmm. if, if you can access that. Oh. Um, taking out a loan. Taking out loans. You can make <laughs> promises to people saying that you have this. You can recreate yourself as if you're a businessman and get people. Trust me, there's in a lot less time than three months, people will be doing a lot. So. I know that, to be honest, even if you get arrested for something, like by the time the trial comes, you're, you're probably gone. Like. Is it, is it, is it I'll be delaying, delaying. Is it guarantee you're going to die, though? Uh, it's gar- yes, we have three guarantee. months left. Like, Actually, I'm not, I'm not risking getting better because imagine you go to prison <laughs> and you spend two and a half months there. You know the ones where they say, oh, you have this mate months or however long to live yeah and then you live beyond that and next thing you're no, no, this, no, but this, this is look this is you're dying in three months you've got and a timer above, that's what above i'm saying you, like how would you, know you what time yeah, is, yeah that's i'm like how would you live it because obviously some people probably live it in um doubt do you know what i mean thinking nah there's no way i'm about to die like do you know what i mean think every, like, everyone would be consumed a bit by who's that. telling you you're dying in three months though? Like, look, this is <laughs> <laughs> he also see the contract, <laughs> the fine terms. Because <laughs> that's what we believe would determine how. No, we're just saying you know, like God is telling you. God's no told you, literally. You. God is telling you. A prophecy came. What if through? God changes his mind? 
Okay, continue. You, your time will be ticking. I tell you. <laughs> and what else is there for you to do? It's only gonna be like if you don't believe in God, then you're gonna do like some. You're gonna sin, I guess. And if you believe in God, there's not really much to do, really. No, there's nothing to do if you believe in God. Exactly. Like, Isn't that the time like, for you to repent and? Um, like what? <laughs> Well, show love to people. Do give do whatever. Anyways, no? uh, not, well, not to the extent that you would like. If you have, if you know you're gonna lose everything that you've had, fine. You may say, "Oh, it's going to family. Maybe I'll just conserve it so I can give a lot to family." Or you can take everything you have and try and multiply that through other people. Give them, teach people what you've learned, whatever you can do. Literally, um, I, I, I think I would be looking along those lines to give, like, not even necessarily financial, materially, but just give time my time service all different things different things like obviously i'll mix and match it depends on how i'm feeling but i'd, I'd like to think that because as, as you say when you go you, you can't take anything with you so at least leave an Im- impression that people can kind of like stick with them no? mm. i'd like mm. to think that anyway so yeah I, I think yeah that's definitely the time though to to spend your savings i guess <laughs> <laughs> you know what on I mean? what? so what would you do what would you do um, I'll travel to the places that I wish I I had travelled to. You know, in this like whole COVID, months. you want to do quarantine, quarantine. No, quarantine. I mean, some people are double vaccinated. <laughs> okay, so, okay. Like, it's not quarantine, quarantine. You know, Wait. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like I feel like I'd like to go um to the most beautiful places that I'd wanted to mm-hmm. go to. Um, experience all the like things that I said are, oh, you know, I'm scared to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe like jump out of a plane, do all these wild things that I'm just like. <laughs> Your money's getting chopped, but yeah, <laughs> it is. But three months is not that long. It's not. It's not that long. A year now. Ugh, I don't know. You'll spend time planning that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Would you like to be buried or cremated? <coughs> uh, I don't know, but um, I think. Uh, two things I, d- I don't know the answer to that and to an extent i don't really care that much mm-hmm. um what it does bring back to memory was i think when we was like i think it was 17 or so we got those letters from i don't even think it's the nhs it's some sort of foundation or something where they asked you if you wanted to donate your organs mm-hmm. if anything happens to you and i was quick to sign that one up i was thinking yeah let me be well, a good samaritan oh. i think at the time i s- I, I either said i would or mm-hmm. i'd said that to my dad i remember the conversation with my dad and he was just like you know fix that up quickly because you don't know what's happening with all these organ organ um what's it called sales and all these things like that so um i obviously at that time i wasn't really thinking along those lines and um in a sense my whole point was so what is it to me if i can't use them if i'm dead then what what would you prefer them to rot do you prefer what, what what benefit or what loss is it to me if i donate so i think i still have that mentality in a sense that I don't need to take anything away um, with me. I'm not. I'm not able to do that. So it, it's it's here nor there. I think the family maybe would be the ones that might want to make that decision on my behalf, particularly when it comes to like cremation and burying. Because I guess the ease, I guess the benefit, shall I say, of um, cremation is that you can be spread across the world if that's what you wanted to do. If that's a part of what's important to you, it also means that if your family now choose to leave the area that you're buried in. There's not like a long kind of like absence or people have to like go through the ordeal of traveling just to come see you and stuff like that. So I think mm-hmm. um, there's a benefit. I wouldn't want someone to keep me in a, in a what they call them, like the, the jars. jars. Yeah, I wouldn't want that. 
that's dead. That 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 is <laughs> excuse the pun, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's not the one. Why? Because that's 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 uh no. Imagine no going to someone's house and then seeing that there, I'd feel uncomfortable. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, but if you didn't know, you didn't know it's theirs. What do you mean, sorry? Like you didn't know that it's um the ashes or whatever. You just see yeah, a jar, yeah, yeah. You know? oh, no, don't get me don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm out here investigating, and if someone has it in like something that's not um something that's quite discreet and mm-hmm. maybe different to how it's usually stored, then who? What is it to me? Yeah. They one they told me, oh yeah, my dad's still here. Or something. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, but um, yeah. I just I think that's a bit weird. I'm not gonna lie. I with a cremation, I I understand the spreading and um, maybe even people splitting up and having like different family members do what they want to do with that. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not really here for the whole storing it in the house and maybe particularly making it a centerpiece and saying he's still here. That that kind of stuff is a bit un- uncomfortable. But maybe that's just me. Mm. I I agree with you in the sense where, like, when I'm gone, I feel like I'm gone. So I feel like it's more um, what the family wants, Mm, you know? mm. Um, And uh, I personally wouldn't mind if, I guess, they stored me in a jar or whatever. Mm. But, yeah, you made an interesting point about, um, I guess, when you're buried and if people move or relocate or Mm. whatnot, and then you're unable to go to, Mm, mm, yeah, mm. yeah, the tomb or whatever, like, with ease. That might just be a bit long. Yeah. And there's like disrepair as well. Like it's upkeep. One is mad expensive to um the whole process of funerals is actually crazy. Um someone was speaking to me the other day, um, the friend of theirs lost their mum and apparently to have the spot where it's buried, mm-hmm. so, some places upwards of twenty five grand for the for the place, the land, the ground where you're buried. On top of that, then you've got to do the headstone and all that, that's grand on top of that. The funeral, all these, all these mad expenses, isn't it? Mm. So, um, I'm not in any way trying to get anyone to remortgage anything for me, um, for me passing. Mm. Um, but yeah, obviously, everyone wants to have the love and everything when they leave and have people care. And so, if it means something to visit people at a set destination, but I don't think if you get cremated, for example, there's no reason why you can't say, "Oh, this is the place I'm going to to remember you." Like everyone has their spot, or whatever. So mm. I don't think that's something that holds people back. But yeah, that's just my thoughts anyway. Mm. What about you, sure? Um, I'm I'm kind of with you on. I'm not really fussed about the um being buried or cremated, mm. but I'm, I'm more of like. <coughs> I, would, I prefer to give them like my organs to people who need it. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. certain people who need whatever organs, because like I said, I don't need any dead, so yeah. might as well put my body to use if I have healthy organs. Then, yes. Yeah. Would you like to have some say, both of you, um, over if you're giving your organs away or donating, who it goes to? Um. No, I, I wouldn't. Probably, because... I think that'll probably be organized while I'm alive, and mm. I mean, like not necessarily to a set named person, but maybe a community, maybe a, an, an uh, like a, someone in this particular country. Obviously, it's hard. You probably have to do it in a country that you died in because of. I like trust the people that I know that will, you know, give it to the right people. If that makes sense, because obviously, okay. you can plan as much as you can when you're alive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, stuff changes, so if you can trust your your body with with someone who you know, would do right by you, then mm-hmm. I'm fine with it, really. Because, like I said, what's what's the point of being buried? I'm just rotting on the ground. Like, it doesn't really change anything, does it? 
Mm-hmm. Might as well just take the organs out and give them to people who need it. <laughs> you should remind me of um, what's it called? Get out. Um, and the, the sale, you know, the auction for the um, organs. I know I'm really deeped it the first watch, but when you've obviously seen it a little bit and maybe watched it again, you deep what the that scene. If you haven't watched it, um, there's a scene in the film um, where there's basically an auction. It almost looks like, yeah, it looks like a bingo game or auction where people sitting down, raising cards. And I, I it's been a while since I watched it, but obviously you've got a, black guy and someone's blind there and then they're raising hands for eyes or something something along those lines and in those circumstances it makes you think what if you go to someone that's say just like wants to extend their life beyond what they should be living so someone just thinks oh if if my if i've been spoken all my life whatever and i want now to extend my life past 70 90 whatever i can have access if i have the money whereas you may have someone who's just been from birth they've lived with this defect that they've been struggling to live would you want it to go to someone like that or is it just by means and kind of like influence you can choose because there is markets for this kind of stuff so yeah that's maybe why i i'd I'd like to think that i would want some say but i would never want to deprive someone who needs something right there and then just because i wanted to choose Mm. So if it, if it was someone who, regardless of age, creed, whatever, who's needed it at this time, I'm not going to say, no, no, hold on him. Give it, I'm waiting well, for this guy. If, you know. if your family, <coughs> God forbid, needed it, the money or whatever. Yeah. And that was like a way for you to kind of get quite a lot of money for it. But also oh, the money. Need, needed mm. it. Okay, interesting. Well, who would you pick? Ooh, that one there, yeah. Uh, it's, that's, that's a tough one because it, it brings into question what what are you selling i'm selling a part of me like obviously matter whatever but there's i'm part of a spiritual being and yeah when i die i do believe my spirit leaves the physical and it is still intact as a spirit so in a sense it would be like property of the family or whatever else but at the same time i would i would feel a way maybe if i'm being sold like that past <laughs> the past the scene for for cash mm-hmm. yes fine it's a lot of money maybe family needs it and i haven't got a lot of money to give them but yeah that i don't know it doesn't sit quite right with me that um that's that's an option if you like (laughs) (laughs) is that a thing what's that sorry well um like family selling your body parts. i I don't know like can they get money oh there's a massive market for body parts don't get it twisted it's 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 one of the like along with modern slavery it's one of the massive like nefarious kind of markets and highly 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 lucrative i think one of the most in demand think about it logically in demand um markets for for stuff mm. obviously i don't think all the operations can be currently done or maybe they've, they're getting there but once they do like to replace anything you want that can't be reproduced by the body 100 percent people are going to be out here trying to live forever or trying to improve their life or whatever else but yeah that's a bit mad still i do wonder how like that whole organization like works do you know what i mean what's that sorry the whole i guess human trafficking and then like yeah you don't want to open that that can please you don't want to see that one i would actually like (coughs) i just it's so unethical oh yeah but then obviously it could be used for i guess good means (laughs) well it depends what good means you mean but yeah i mean like in terms of like um someone donating the organs do you know what i mean so oh, yeah, like, i'm yeah. saying that like 
it's it that can be used for good means. Scientific research, as God forbid. I don't know, because mm. I'm just thinking, how do they regulate it? You know, like how oh, are they it's like? A, it's a uh, uh, like the the black market trade is what I'm kind of referring to. Yeah, that's, what, that's that's yeah. illegal. It's not regulated. It's it's just like any other illegal trade um, that's underground. Um, but yeah. So yeah, like, but how does that work? Do you feel like they get like doctors? Oh um, yeah, yeah, like hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, like, that's how it would be. Like professionals, mm. people that can obviously you. They're highly valuable objects and stuff, mm-hmm. organs. So you've got to do it properly. You've got to store it for a period until you can do the transplant. You've got to do all those things. So 100%, you, you're dealing with, like, don't get me wrong, I'm sure there's some botched jobs, but if you're selling it to a high client. It's like and squid, and squid Games, isn't it? What's that? You haven't watched Squid, squid Games? No, I've watched it, but what are you, what are you talking about? Um, oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Like when they got the, So they got the doctor who mm-hmm. was part of the game and they was feeding him secrets. Um, I don't remember this part. No, nah, he was right. he was constantly coming in. He he was the one who was fed information about the next game every time because oh the the yeah. player who was a doctor yes mm-hmm, exactly mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. he was there doing the operations and that's like, that is exactly what I'm talking about. That's the kind of thing that goes on. So um, that that's how things are. Boy, like, there's been some films about it as well. Like it was obviously not necessarily a documentary, but just a film where it's it, it shows you the process and stuff. People get kidnapped for this stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it's crazy. Mad, mad, mad. Mm-hmm. You want to open that box, boy. You don't know what you'll find. Like, if you died now, like, what would you do? death. Jesus. I mean, the new year's coming. Like, it's part of life, I Exactly. Like, yeah, if you died now, what would your greatest accomplishment have been so far? Oh, that's depression, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't know. Greatest accomplishment. I don't know. You have to come back to me still. You have to come back. Yeah, I have to come back to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still young, my dear. Uh, I haven't made it yet. But um, no, there's definitely stuff you're grateful for. But yeah, it's hard to answer that question right now. Yeah, I feel what? like yeah, grateful for, but then accomplishment. For me no, to feel but like I, I've I'm talking. I'm talking oh. even even at that. In in part, some of the stuff you're grateful for is because. You've been able to do certain things. You've been able to help. You've been able to whatever. It's uh, yeah. I, I don't know what I would place in that position. And is, what would you go on? Is accomplishment based on? Is it a personal thing? Is it what people? Yeah. Um, no personal. That's what. Yeah. That's why it's kind of hard. Uh, but that can be many things. It's just down to whatever you feel like you. It's just down to whatever you feel like. You know, has been like a milestone for you. Yeah, so mm-hmm. what has your m- milestone been? Probably making it pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like I said, I'm still young and it's <laughs> more shit to be done. No, it's <laughs> real, you know, that's, a, that's actually a mad one because even if you think about um, the people that don't make it or go academy at a pro team for years and then get dropped just before they're about to make it, so that is something that 100% you want to you wanna be grateful for. Yeah, that's a big accomplishment to be mm-hmm, fair. It is, yeah. it is. Especially like with football, I feel like there's just an abundance of people who would want oh, yeah. to make oh, it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. from like all over the world. And so actually, now the stories are coming out about the kind of like mental health implications of getting dropped, particularly in this country by academies and stuff. Like, I think there was a young player from City who took his life um, along those kind of lines. He didn't make it or got dropped, and then. Um, yeah, like 
so many unanswered questions what could have been and, and all of that so but yeah yeah it's mad I feel like it's literally like football is probably like every not every but most young boys dreams at some point at some yeah, point yeah you know yeah um, even if they know they're not good every at some point. Yeah, even if they know they're not good enough, like just the dream of <laughs> playing for your team or playing for the biggest team that you can imagine at that time. Mm. Everyone has that little, yeah, I'm sure. If you're into football, that is, but yeah, in this country, more time you want. More time, yeah. Yeah, so that is a, a massive accomplishment. What about you then? I said me, I have to skip me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not sure. No. Don't get me wrong, there are things I've done that I'm like, okay, yeah, cool, yeah. but... I don't know if I feel like I feel everything's incomplete for me I definitely 100% yeah. I'm so grateful for milestones along the line and um, failing to so recognise accomplish? Huh? So what do you want to accomplish? Um, it's not there's not clarity but obviously I'm in my field I'm still um, training What do you want to get from your field? Um, where I'm at at the moment as in the industry criminal um, I, I want to be able to represent people that need representation now obviously it sounds cliche everyone needs representation to some degree but people that are um, how do i describe this so obviously from the community black people but not necessarily but people that are disadvantaged and without the help of me or someone like me would be chewed up and spat out the system and have their life and options severely severely damaged um, by that situation so even in the short career I've had um, there's been occasions or outcomes where I know that if I wasn't involved at that time things could have been left not to say that no one else in the world could have done it or no one else even in my firm could have done it but just seeing that those steps that I took and knowing that I followed that through I reassured the person so much of it's like a human connection forget the law and all that mm -hmm. but just usually you're meeting people at the, the lowest points in their life yeah um, and um, when you're able to deliver an outcome that sometimes is unexpected or just maybe they've been around before and they've been mistreated by, it could be anyone, mm -hmm. and then you come around and you turn it around for them yeah. or you assist in that process, that feeling is, is you, priceless. Would you, would you choose, um, let's, say I let's say I had a high-profile case here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a lot of money. Yeah. I'm talking about where you're at right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is obviously like, right, cool, life-changing money. But then okay. you had someone who had another case. There was another case. Mm -hmm. You know, the money wasn't great. Mm -hmm. This person really needed it. Like you said, it's like someone who can't afford to to can't afford to get a decent lawyer. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's a, like a life or death situation. Meaning, like, let's say he was wrongly convicted for something, mm -hmm. and obviously you you've seen the case and you feel like okay, cool, there's so, there's something here mm -hmm. you can help him. But obviously, you have the other case where. It's quite lucrative, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it kind of you know projects you in further into your career. Mm -hmm. like which one are you gonna pick? I think it's it's hard to answer that question because it would be hard for me to like at the moment anyway envision a situation where it was an either or choice between the two that need. I say it was. Um, I'd I'd have to see <laughs> with me. I don't I don't jump into things like that. Um, yeah, p uh, the 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 part I'm talking about, the things that are making me proud, will definitely speak to that person that needs my help, as in the person that can't afford it and all these things. That genuinely, um, I would I would the interest maybe would be there. What I would say about the lucrative one, I'd say 
maybe that's the firm, like the firm I'm working for. Maybe they'd want me to take that on and maybe I would see that, as you're saying, to advance your career or at least the respect within, securing that. So I'll answer it this way, maybe. I would try and get both cases and give the, the, the lucrative one to someone else in, in the firm who could do it. While this I is not a firm thing. Let's say it's two individuals coming to you. Obviously, it's a high, let's say like it's a high-profile person. So let's say it's a massive, I don't know, entertainer or pra- mm-hmm. or someone in politics or whatnot. They're coming to you in the the book coming to you individually. So it's just on you. You decide mm. what you want to take. No one else is taking the money. It's just you're making all the all, all the calls here. So it's, you know you can delegate it to somebody else, but <clears throat> it doesn't have to be someone in your firm. Do you know what I mean? Okay, okay. It could be anybody you want it to, but obviously you're missing out on the opportunity because they both come to you individually. Mm. And I'm saying obviously where you're at right now in terms because like I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Like what motivates you in like your career? Do you want Okay, to let me let me see if I can answer it this way. In my career, the money is not there. Not to say that you can't make money, but from say for example, what it used to be and compare it to other areas of law, the money is not there. So it's not money I'm I'm in it for here, innit? Mm-hmm. I could do many other areas of law and just the day to day less hours and all these kind of things would have me making a lot more money. So if that's all and not just money, but also career advancement. Mm-hmm. Um, it would maybe um, I could I could get a lot of that from there. So I d- I don't do my job for that reason. I do my job starting off to understand the issues that really um, cause people that I I've grown up seeing all my life and and knowing like obviously you know from growing up part of what's going on, but to see it firsthand and not just that but to see how other, the court system, the police, the judges, the, all of that, how they deal with them. Even some of the, the barristers who are meant to be defence representatives, that's a large part of why I do my job because if you leave it to some barristers who are, as you're saying, just after the money or just want to get the next one on and whatnot, they will easily destroy, sometimes I say destroy, some certain people's lives. So um, I think that's where my role, I guess, comes in. Because you're managing, that's perhaps why I didn't choose to be a barrister, I chose to be a solicitor, because I wanted to have a start and finish <sighs> dealing with that client, liaising, instructing other people to do p- bits and parts that I can't physically do myself, but just managing to ensure that you, you start from A and you follow it to the end and you get a result that maybe is not always what you wanted or envisioned, but at least you get the best in the circumstances. So I don't know if that answers yeah. the kind of... You know, kind kind of, but is it? Um, I'm not even interrogating you, but no, no, like, I'm, so happy, bro. I'm happy, bro. Uh, I'm just Word. trying to like challenge Word. your thoughts. Um, yeah, 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 cool. Is this a career that you want to do long term? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm at right now. That's where I'm at, and that's where my focus is. So I think I have a lot to bring to a career like this. It's not easy, and yeah, hundred percent at times. Sometimes I'm thinking, if this, let me try and do something easy. Let me just jump into any um, kind of corporate setting that my degree allows for. And my education allows for because I could do a lot of things. That's because you know, the reason I was asking is because mm. a lot of people kind of go into careers where it's like, ah, cool, the threshold for what they can earn is quite high. So even if it's like slower, mm. it's like, ah, cool, I can still see. Yeah, there's, de- like, there's, but yeah, go on. I know there are people who don't do what they're doing for the money. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like, let's say, for example, doctors. Yeah. I mean, they're not necessarily like, I'm going to be the richest doctor. It's just going to be like, Mm. I like okay people and all that type of stuff. So I'm trying to see where you're at on the scale. I would definitely say more to the latter, which is just because people. that's what I want to do as opposed to the money. And and now that you've introduced it, I would actually compare myself maybe 
to a lot of um I wouldn't necessarily GPs and and higher professional surgeons but say your nurses and those kind of things who and like teachers teachers kind of. yeah not just silver servants but yeah yeah I, I guess so yeah it's silver servants but all these kind of like vocational courses if you like where the money is not there and I went into crime knowing the money wasn't there well, actually, hair, hair in it, hair in it, the money wasn't there, but not truly deepen until you actually deepen and you see well gone. Um, so, yeah, 100%. I think it's easy to answer that question coming from like a, a background I have in the firm I'm in because a lot of our work is government funded. And I think that's the place to start. Check who's, who's earning government funded kind of revenue compared to the corporates and then you'll see maybe where they're aligned to. Like I went into this fire choice, like all, all my, a lot of my courses, even in law were slanted towards criminal because that was where the interest was um and yeah like being in it and seeing the kind of um fulfillment you can get from it makes it worthwhile oh, yeah. yeah so that's how i don't say it really i think i i remember reading or watching somewhere that it's actually like an ethical thing or mm. an ethical reason as to why you're not able to earn um, too much as a doctor or someone who's in some sort of like, I guess, ethical field. Okay. Because um, it could be like a conflict of interest as to why you're actually um, doing the job. Like you want to, they kind of want to know that you're doing the job because, okay, you care about people as opposed to you're just in it to make a lot of money. That's what I, I yeah, Fair, I definitely I, saw that somewhere. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know um, about that necessarily. I can understand to some degree the principle, but I just don't think long term that's something that's sustainable, regardless of your field. And I think for that reason, um, kind of like limiting people's abil- financial ability to earn by virtue of what their job entails and just saying just because your job is this and we need to have good, honest people, I'm going to deliberately limit what your cap is because what I would say is almost any field, any industry will have a very much public funded or even charitable funded element, but then they'll also have the real corporate element. Mm -hmm. And for the the same reason, that's why there's so much interchange between the public and private sectors. When people elevate themselves, they tend to go private because the actual, where they're at, the publics can't afford to keep them. You can't genuinely afford to be your talent on the demand Mm -hmm. for you. And Mm -hmm. it's not to say your job is changing, Maybe you're going to work on real serious, intricate um, procedures and other things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. But just for people that can afford to pay the kind of things, just like private health versus um, public health and all these kind of things. So many people offer both services for those who can't afford it. And then those who can, you need to pay because yeah. I'm worth that. And it's the same with my firm. I'm talking about legal aid. But for those who can't, who don't qualify for legal aid and can't afford to pay, my firm, run your money, please run it. Because... At the end of the day, you need to respect um, what my work is, what my hour, there's an hourly rate and then there's a standard rate if you get your thing. So I think all of these fields operate on that basis because human nature genuinely is if you're going to be offered more for something that you're going to do anyway, why wouldn't you accept that? Mm -hmm. And more to the point, if you've really strived and really worked and honed your craft and your ability shows that you're worth more than what you're being at, why would you stay? Just because, oh, I, I'm a good person. Yeah, of course, don't don't get me wrong. There are genuinely people who do not chase pay rises. And That's a minority, do, though. Yeah, maybe. But I wouldn't even say it's necessarily a minority because there's so many reasons why you wouldn't. 
if you feel some sort of pressure or anxiety about having those kind of conversations, but you love your job and you're not willing to stop doing your job just because of that, many people stay in that position for a, a protracted period far beyond what their ability shows they should be doing. But I feel like majority in this country anyways, I think in other countries maybe <coughs> you will kind of, because maybe let's say you're in a developing country and right you want to be a doctor, mm -hmm. you're not going to be getting not going to be a doctor because of the money, because the money is not there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying here because the standard of living is so high. Mm. I think most people are looking for the money, but there's certain you know jobs that they're very stable. Mm. You know I mean, and if they're given an opportunity to make more money somewhere else and as stable as what they're doing, I think mm. they will switch. I think so too, but I think what what I'm talking about more is not someone saying I don't want more money or I'm not willing to move for more money. It's more. If the opportunity, and many times it's actually the firm they, they, they work at and the kind of policies and um, the kind of regime there, because many people, many firms will keep people at a position below what their worth shows until another threat or another person offers them something and then it all changes all of a sudden. Uh, I want to give you this, I want to give you more holiday, I want to treat you and this and the other. That's 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 so many corporate <coughs> firms that people will try to cut, cut costs and wages and stuff are costs. They're one of the highest costs. So people will, some of them, take chances, whereas other people, their attitude is, as soon as I see you blossoming, I'm going to show you something deserved so that you actually build a relationship of I respect you, you respect me, and you work harder for me because you know that I'm recognising that. So that's what I'm talking about. Not to say that everyone in human nature would want more for what they're doing if they can get it, or that makes perfect sense. And I'm not in, in any way saying I'm any different from that, 100%. Um, but at the same time, so if someone gave you a, a different job that would be more stable for you, would you leave law? Not necessarily. That's why I differ because I could do that now. If I really wanted another job that was just paying more than me, I could jump now. Tomorrow I could probably do that. So you're I'm not, not overly confident, obviously. But you're, so you're only doing this because you just love law? I'm doing it because I want to understand and I want to qualify and I want to gain that experience. That's something that I think is important. I think law in general, not just criminal, I mean just that process is something that I've identified from a young age is something that we are not educated enough about to the extent that we can enforce it. And that's that's the main drive for me. I've always been someone that wants to understand what the rules are sometimes so you can push it to that limit. And when I say push it to that limit, I think that's an entitlement because that is the definition of law. You're told what you can't do and everything else should be permitted. So why shouldn't I be able to live my life but also advise other people how they can better live their lives um, within the rules effectively and if there's any dispute or anything or um, it's not clear let me provide that clarity and let's fight it out until we get to that clarity and I can we can achieve so that's why I do what I do um, and as I said it doesn't have to be crime it can be so many different areas there's unlimited almost areas of law so what I want is a well-rounded kind of discipline where I know many things so if someone hollers me they know I'm the guy or at least I'm the guy who can show you the guy and that's kind of what I'm talking about. Fair enough. Yeah, it's giving passion. Yeah, like it's it's hard. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's it's it can be very rewarding. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think so much of our experience as people, as our community, particularly even in this country, is built is born out of and built from frustrations in not being able to articulate or adequately represent yourselves. So many of the things where we see suffering or many times where we see erratic behavior 
is because people have tried, tried, tried. It hasn't worked. They don't know how to navigate it in the system that's built in a certain way along certain lines. And if you don't know how to do that, but the thing is, once you know how to do that and you can do it, the laws themselves protect you to be able to do that. And that's what I feel, feel feels um, find so uplifting. Once you have kind of clocked the code and you know the game, you know how to speak, you know what to say, you know when to do it. Let's see them try to stop you. And that's kind of what, I, what I'm about. Okay. If you weren't doing law, is mm. there anything you've ever, like, Interesting anything question. else you've ever considered? Interesting question. Um, I think, I'd like to think, yeah, I'm very multifaceted in that sense. I've got interest in various, like, even if you're on the academic level, like, a part of life of me could have done engineering, a life of me could have done some sort of, like, medical, like, I'm talking about scientific kind of way. A life Do you like science? I had a, yeah, chemistry particularly, I had a in strong interest. I took it to A-level, did well, mm-hmm. but dropped it because I wanted to pit law and pursue that. But history, I love history as well. Mm. I'm all for that. So, yeah, I think there's various different things. Business, it's just about cre- um, making, I guess, a business kind of model around something you're already interested in is the way I see it anyway. So, uh, 100%, I believe I could have done almost anything I put my mind to and really, really want to do. Mm. I believe that. Yeah, no, I believe well, that of you. What about you? <laughs> but what about you? Lots. Um, if you didn't pick or choose the kind of line you've gone down so far, and obviously we're all young, we're not there yet. But what what would be your backup plan or backup interest? Your your second kind of like. <laughs> if I wasn't doing me. Yeah, you right now. I'm I'm open. It's bread. Mm. No, but I'm not. I'm not talking about bread. I'm talking about <laughs> like we're talking about interest wise. Like if if what say for example even things that maybe when you was young you liked but people said oh you're above that or you can do better than that and you kind of like turned to close the door on that because you felt you needed to pursue this maybe it was parents saying fair, all the stuff that i like i'm doing good for you that's how it's, you want to live that's genuinely how you yeah, want to live which is good i guess mm-hmm. not where i want to be in terms of you know the different fields but i think i only kind of just do stuff that i like and then okay. try and um, You're privileged, boy. So many people could only wish for that. But I think it's just bravery. I think a lot of people Good. are not brave enough to to pursue what they. Yeah, because you know it's easy to kind of just get like a nine to five job, whatever. Mm-hmm, Unless you're mm-hmm, kind of going mm-hmm. to study like a specific subject, then yeah, it's yeah. a little bit you know more difficult. But just to work and earn your wage and whatnot, that's 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 easy. That's ninety percent of the, of the population, mm. and people are not really brave enough to be like, you know, what? Yeah, let me sacrifice. Or take that chance to better myself. Did you say it's all bravery though? Because look at the people who have like responsibility. Say things change, families, all these kind of things that it's still bravery. Even when I was looking at, for example, um, there was some brand, some white guy. Can't remember the brand. It's clothing brand. He basically took a twenty. His parents, um, I think, remortgaged the house. Okay. And gave him like a twenty k loan. Mm-hmm. And basically, that was it. If it didn't work, you know, then the shits. Mm-hmm. I mean, lucky for him, it worked. But it's like people, it's brave enough for you to be like, ah, I'm going to better myself to. Yeah, but hear that. Hear, hear what you're saying. Like, do you think a majority of people forget race and whatnot, have access to, uh, let me remortgage things, let me get a loan from them? And nah, but I think it comes in different shapes and, and, and like it comes in different forms. It's not necessarily to have like a large sum of money, but mm-hmm. it could be like, you know, I'm going to work for a year, save up, and then do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But might not be living comfortably as you like. Because everybody wants to live comfortably. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, the, com- the the 
<clears throat> best way to live comfortably is just getting a check every single month because you know what you're getting every yeah, single yeah, month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can kind of work around. Planning, so a lot of yeah. people who are self-employed, let's say who are DJs, for example, like everybody who, let's say who's a DJ, wants to be a, a big DJ at some point. Mm-hmm. But you're not getting paid every single, the um, yeah. uh, same amount of money every single month. So you have to kind of like, you know, move accordingly because you're trying to get to somewhere. And obviously the places that are the hardest to get to are places that require, you know, more sacrifice. So mm-hmm. I think not a lot of people who want to take that leap, like I said, they have responsibilities. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you want to make sure that you have your pattern in terms of all the responsibilities that you have before you feel like, you know, um, I can take this leap of faith. But I think a lot of people kind of always wait, wait, wait till for the perfect time and the perfect time doesn't really come. because it's, uh, I, get I can hear that. I can hear that. What about you, Uzi? If you weren't in your line um, of work and stuff, what would you do? Um, do you know, maybe, maybe I would have pursued something in science. Okay. Well, I think that would have just been because, like, obviously I've got a degree in yeah, pharmaceutical yeah, yeah. science, so yeah. it's just like I feel like I would have um, explored that avenue a lot more. Okay. Not necessarily because I was that passionate about mm-hmm. it. I liked science in school, but, like, more so because I guess that degree was a safety net. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... If I wasn't doing what I was doing now, I think I would fall back on that. At least you have that to fall back on. Yeah, yeah. yeah but in terms of like passion wise, like say for example, even things you close the door on because you were told, "Oh, you can't do that," or "You shouldn't be doing that." That could be for any reason, whether it be because you're you're too maybe you could have done a subject that you wanted to, but you were bright enough to do another one or whatever things like that. Or I don't know. People said you couldn't because you're a woman. I don't know. Is there anything you would have done? If you if you really wanted to pursue interest wise, um, when I was younger, I wanted to become a doctor. Okay, I genuinely okay, wanted good. to. Okay, cool. But when I got older, and I I saw, <laughs> I saw what in like yeah it, entails yeah entails. I was just like, I get bored easily. I can't lie, and mm-hmm. um, I just uh, no. It was just go uni for six years. Seven. Oh, seven years, yeah, 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 madness. Uni for seven years, and then after, ah, please, yeah, I don't forget, you have to get those grades before you, you get, like get. I'm just like, you're taking six years out of your life, and your pay is not even that great. Like, obviously, mm. depending on what type of doctor, if you're a plastic surgeon for, you know, yeah. really good firm, I mean, private company or whatever, then it's cool. I mean, certain doctors in certain places are cool, but it's like the majority of people who just go to um, medical school and yeah, yeah. graduate and whatnot, like, how much time they put in I don't even think you get paid enough I'll say the vast majority of people in this country because like that's why they're telling all these people you can go to like Australia or these other places where they pay your your starting salary and all these things are so much increased compared to what the NHS can pay you and stuff like that again government funding and and cuts and whatnot so I think to some extent you I think it has to start with the passion you have to want it enough if you don't want it enough money is not Maybe in short term it's going to change your mind and maybe work hard but you're not really going to get to where you're really talking about um, on the whole, like obviously you get examples of people who are lucky or people who have whatever get a, get a foot in and get a in, and once you're in, you're kind of set. But yeah, I've also realized that nine to five actually sucks you in. Like it yeah, makes of course, right, right, of course, 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 comfortable with life, man. Where this is just now your daily routine. Like your whole mm-hmm. life is taken up by just working for mm-hmm. people. Man. It's crazy. Cause I mean, more time in my life, I never really had like a nine to five consistently. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. 
But I'm just like, I can, I just I understand why majority of people are just like ability. You know, yeah, they're just gonna do this and that's that. Keep it's calm crazy. and maintained, boy. You just work, go home, eat, book your holidays when you can. Like, but levels, that's like, how it's set up, though. There's genuinely like as you get older and you forget work for a minute, but just see society and the things that people talk about and in and things that so many people are content just to toe the line just to do what they're told and like you see it in their behaviors with throughout covid's been a brilliant example of all of that people doing things without really thinking just because they've been told that's what you need to do wear a mask distancing whatever is um what's it called panic buying all these things that people do because they don't know any better or don't want to think about what to do many people just like being told what to do it's easier Guaranteed results. Yeah, I don't think they know what they can do. I think a lot of people, especially when you come from a certain type of background, like if you've always been, if you've been brought into like a poor background from young, mm. like your mentality is going to be a little bit different unless you educate yourself. But if you're hanging around with certain people, you're only going to see so far. Yeah. I mean, so a lot of people kind of hang around with similar people in the, on the level and they can't really see beyond that into, you know, Changing their lives, if that's if they want to, obviously, you're comfortable, mm-hmm. you're comfortable. But it's just crazy when I like look at certain people and I'm just kind of like looking at who they hang around with, and more time just tend to see the same picture. I mean, not not mm. literally, but it's like, oh, I wish I could do this, I wish I could do that. But <coughs> anyone can pretty much do anything, I believe. Mm. I'm not saying like, oh yeah, that's, unless you have like certain gifts, like you yeah, know, yeah, being yeah. a sprinter and all that type of stuff, but. I feel like in as work wise, anybody can really do anything if mm-hmm. you really want to do it. I agree with that. Um, I think, but I think that whole um, what you started off talking about um, that kind of closed, blinkered view or like kind of controlled view, depending on what your your um, circumstances and environment is, I think that applies to everybody to some extent. Um, I think there's so many different examples of that. Whether people who haven't travelled beyond where they live, they think that their life revolves around. Yeah, so, so I met people like being were in abroad in America who of course is a continent after all, but they, they go on a holiday to different states. That's their holiday. And yeah, while you can do that, it's not as if it's as I said, it's a continent. But your whole perception is your country, mm. effectively. And you think that the different, I guess, geographical parts of it is the world effectively. And that's why yeah, it, it comes out in your mindset and the fact that many of them education wise is 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 poor compared to the world because they're not exposed. And I think that can, like on a microcosm, that can be if you if you're only restricted to your block for whatever reason, you're not gonna know what's going on, and everyone else around outside is gonna be an op or, or someone who's not really with it from where you're at. And it's only until you come out of that that you understand. Yeah, people are different, so it's 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 something that we all. I think that's a human kind of thing that we have. Of course, you get those individuals who've been rebels with their life who who've been kind of like trailblazers setting new trends and whatnot you always those are the people that really make it to the top those people that at least at some stage for effort i'm gonna do my own thing anyway i'm gonna do what makes me happy i'm gonna do what interests me and those are the people that are the kind of leaders you'd hope would you ever want to own your own firm um law firm yeah um but i i, I think my idea of like would I mean, that, somewhere in the future doesn't yeah, of course, of course. It's not going to be right now, tomorrow. But um, I, I I feel, and I don't know, like I need to think and plan and pray about this, but I think that's too limiting. I don't want to do law all my life. I don't want to be limited to that. I'd like to own a multidisciplinary kind of thing. It comes back to that whole thing, like 
people come to me for the results, I will either help them myself or I'll put them into someone in contact with someone or some part of the vision of my my firm that you're talking about who can help them. I don't want to limit myself to just law. I don't think it's it... like a, a consultancy huh? Say it again? Sound like a consult- consultancy company, basically. It could be, but I think it, I want it to be more than that. Like, I've got grand plans, don't be- believe that way. Um, but yeah, I think law is one I identified from young was very essential. But when it comes to health, education... Like housing, all those kind of elements, these are the building blocks of society. So those are the somethings I want to have hands in at some degree or some level and be able to offer that, obviously at first on a communal level, but more time on a national or international level. So that's kind of where I'm at. But yeah, I'll answer, I would like to have a an element that has a legal firm to it, yeah. To be honest, I started talking about, I started off this whole conversation talking about death yeah. because you know i think it's just so important for us to remind ourselves that we're not like immortal you know okay. um and obviously as the new year's coming up and stuff i feel like it's important to reflect mm. <coughs> back on the year and just think about like stuff that you have achieved things that you would want to achieve things that like i guess you postpone because you think you have mm. so much time yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff so that's why I just feel like, you know, it's important to to think like that sometimes. I feel like we don't think about think like that enough. Mm. I think a lot of us do think that we're somewhat um, immortal. Like we don't think we're not mm. faced with like the fact that you know a life isn't forever. Yeah, too often. I, I, you I know. Exactly. I think, I think yeah. people. I think they think about death, but I think that's probably why people work so hard because they want to kind of make the most of the time being here. So they're trying to live as best as they can with the time that they have. I think I think at the back of everyone's mind, they know that I'm going to live forever. And so let me try and make as many as possible, as quick as possible, so I can at least enjoy life, you know, for as long as I can before mm. everybody's mm-hmm. time's up, really. I also agree with that. I feel like, I mean... <coughs> We know that eventually we'll die, but I just don't think that we we ever think, oh, we're dying tomorrow. I feel like we always <coughs> see yeah, our life as, you know, oh, yeah, when I'm 60, when I'm 70. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like what I'm basically trying to say is when you just deep that you could be gone tomorrow, like I feel like and you put that kind of thought in perspective, you're just like, do you know what? May- maybe as you guys were saying earlier, like let me think of what I need to do now, you know, mm. to... to to get closer to my goals like i guess with more urgency because you're just kind of yeah. like yeah th- this tomorrow's not guaranteed so yeah. i think yeah that's what i'm trying I to agree. get at. i think when people talk about let's say thinking oh yeah you know like you know tomorrow's not guaranteed or the next second is not guaranteed but i think rather than Maybe working towards your goals per se. I think it was probably makes people more maybe grateful with what they have and maybe like prioritizing things that like I said, you can't take the money when you're mm. going it. Mm. So you have to prioritize the things that I guess are intangible. So that's like your like your loved ones and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff. But obviously we get consumed by the world so you quickly forget that and get back into work more trying to, you know, chase the back but 
Yeah. You can't get you can't take the bag with you, so that's it. That's it. I also wanted to add like you know how we all love to say oh, we're still young, we're still young. Mm. I feel like that that also feeds into what I'm trying to say as well in terms of us thinking that we have a lot of time, if you know what I mean. Mm. Because the more we always like convince ourselves that we're young, we're young. That's how we fourteen. To be honest, I hear forty, fifty year olds saying like, you know, we're still young. Like, but it's relative. Just, it's all relative. Do you know what I mean? It's all relative. That's my that's my point. Like, at some point, it's just like, I think by saying that, you just kind of convince yourself you just have so much more time, in which I'm just like. Well, I think that's better than <coughs> thinking you don't have time because that's how people get depressed and anxiety and comparisons with other people because they feel like. They don't have time. I think it's probably better to think that we're so young and be working mm-hmm. or whatever than to put pressure on yourself and be like, oh, no, time's running out because I need to do this. I need to do that. What if I don't live to this long or whatever, whatever? And that's more detrimental than... I think there should be a middle ground. That's that's what I... I yeah, but if you're working think. at something, if you're working at something then and you're still young, then, you know, you're kind of doing the best that you can at the moment. I mean, I think if you're just saying you're still young and not doing nothing, then yeah, that's probably like a problem because you're just going to be stagnant and not going to be anywhere. Mm-hmm. I you think it's, yeah, I think it's all relative that as we keep going back to that. If you think about all the young people, like people that have gone early beyond mm-hmm. their time, but they've still managed to do mad stuff and had an impact on the world. Like there's so many examples of it. Um, but yeah, just like, I don't know, people like speak about Tupac, who died at what, 25 or something? Something like that. Um, yeah, like Jesus was 30 something apparently. So these are the examples of, yes, in- incomplete, didn't reach what they wanted to. We saw the trajectory and it knew it was going to go clear. Mm-hmm. They, they they obviously left us and whatnot, but the legacy, just imagine what's been built since then. Mm. It's been um, recycled from that. It's been recreated. Like the impact is... It doesn't that go into a conversation of what's more important, I guess, you know, the time or purpose, because if your purpose is to, you know, imprint yourself on the world in 10 years, yeah, and that's it, or you live to 60 and you haven't really done anything, it's like, yeah. what's more important? Is just living long to a specific age, or I could use the example of Tupac, just yeah. actually imprinting on the world. With yeah, yeah. Legacy, I think like. it's more important to actually be doing things and showing mm. that. And that's what I'm saying, with, with the things that last, is the impact you made on someone's life or impact or whether it's a close person whether it's someone that never even knew about you but the impact you've made on the world has affected them indirectly and i think that kind of stuff is priceless like regardless of how much even if you died poor broke bankrupt Mm -hmm. people will remember and your legacy people will cater to you your descendants whatever your estate that's that's all secure and i think more more people maybe need to think that way Instead of as as we're saying, trying to hoard it all now, we'll try and oh the the the, the ten year plan, yeah. and we're gonna blow at ten years, and then you make mm-hmm. it to nine and a half, and it's just left. Yeah, and you can't show. Yeah, maybe in time people can show what you were doing and the steps, but not really being able to get there. So I think yeah, as you're saying, as we the conversation's been, live life in the moment, take step by step. Don't don't be afraid of taking L's along the line. Don't even mm-hmm. afraid in this twenty big twenty twenty one of being cancelled. Because mm-hmm. more times history will tell you who's cancelled. Like all this cancel business, that's gonna be air in a few decades or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like I think I I remember um 
I think it was maybe in relation to the whole. I don't think so. Well, I get, I get the point you're saying though. No, I guess only history will tell us, as as I was saying, history will tell us where we're at and who cares about what. But um, the principle maybe is more um, in this moment, people are, I guess, well, at least with cancel cops, get, get offended by almost anything. But say, for example, they, I think the, when the people I'm talking about, they were saying this because we live in a maybe a time where it's the most peaceful, the most free, the most liber- um, libertarian, if you like. Um, and you're in a situation where you, we haven't got a, a, a central threat. So say, for example, if you grew up in a wartime where everyone knows that you can die any second, that you can just, everything can, you can lose it all in that moment. So people, I guess, they come together more because they see that shared thing, but they're also less offended by these other less important things like insults and other things that make them feel sad or upset because they know there's a lot more to life and there's a lot more to live for than that. And I think... Although I don't completely agree with the whole thing, I think I can see definitely what they what they're saying in that point. You don't agree. With, you don't agree with what? Um, the fact that um, just because we haven't got like a central threat or something like that is the reason maybe people have gone maybe soft about the little things and they're offended by almost anything. You can't say anything nowadays and and things like that. I, th- I, mean, I think human beings will find something to always complain about, even if the world was perfect and quote unquote. Yeah. But it, it's not the same about. as maybe losing your livelihood because you've said something that upset someone as opposed to, like, as I said, when people have got something that the, the threat is real, it doesn't have to be, as I said, complex or anything, but just the situation desire, uh, d- requires more fortitude than, oh, I'm upset by this or I'm, I'm, I don't like this person, so they must lose what they have kind of thing. That that That's what I'm talking about, if you like. Alright, guys. I wanna, I wanna kind of. I think we've touched on little elements of it in the past, but I wanna kind of just ask, um, what does it mean to identify or self-identify, shall I say, as coming from a certain place or certain area? Um, I asked that question quite openly because obviously it can be by um, your nationality, or maybe what um, passport you hold, where you were born, where you feel you were raised and grew up and understand, where you call home. Um, I'm asking that in the context of, of I was watching um, I was watching like a part a clip of um, I think it was uh, was that show um, Unapologetic with um, ZZ Mills and Yenka and they were interviewing um, White Yardy you may have heard of White Yardy he's I guess he's a comedian personality um, someone who started off on like the socials as just doing um, sketches and stuff um, he's got a Yardy or Jamaican accent can speak patois quite fluently from what i understand um <coughs> he's also a member of like arsenal fan tv and stuff so he has that element to him as well but um he was asked on that show with um Yinka and zizi um i think it first started off as do you identify um or are you part of black culture that's what they asked him he's a white man visually white so um and then as in is he actually white he's white yeah. okay he's white so like he's, english or something ish yeah, yeah i'd yeah. say english yeah because he's actually f- yeah the other side of him is english like he was born in he was born in the uk but i think from what i gathered that was only because of medical reasons like he was family was in jamaica conceived in jamaica after three months after being con- um, given birth to him they went back to jamaica after three months so he was schooled there until 18 so he's he's lived his whole life he's very much more in 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 kind of sync and in in ingrained in that kind of culture than many people who are british black british who mm-hmm. have jamaican heritage through family and stuff so it just kind of got my ma- my mind racing 
But anyway, I'll finish. Um, he was asked that, are you part of black culture? And he said, or do you identify as black or whatever? And then he said, no, I'm part of Jamaican culture. Um, and I just, yeah, it just got my mind thinking about different elements of that. And what does it actually mean to, to um, be from somewhere like, so I guess, where do you guys, where would you say, someone asked you, where are you from? Where, where, what would you say? And what makes you say that kind of thing? Um, you answer the question first. Actually, I want to hear your views. Mm, okay, I'll answer it. Um, and this is something that I've formed more over the years. So the first thing I'll say, I'll say I'm African first. Mm-hmm. I'm Sierra Leonean and I'm British. Mm-hmm. In that order, that's how I identify. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let me hear what you got to say, and I'll maybe I'll explain in a bit. Um, I think it, it really just depends who's asking me. Okay, why? So and it depends what country I'm in. If I'm in America, <laughs> I'll say I'm from London. Okay. If I'm in London, I'll say I'm from Nigeria. Okay. If I'm in Europe, I'll say I'm from London. Okay. And, and if, if someone asks me in depth, or and if you're in Nigeria, I'm Nigerian. You're Ni- okay. Cool. Easy. <laughs> um. Okay, that's interesting because I think I say the same the same stuff as okay. what he what as he what just said. said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As in in that Depends order. Depends on. <laughs> okay, where where you are and stuff. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it does. I agree with you. Um, yeah. When he, when you say it depends who's asking me and where I am at that yeah, time. Yeah, where I am. Yeah. yeah. I'll be with traveling and stuff. When people ask like where you where you from, I'm just like London. Yeah. Or if I'm in a country where I'm just like you guys are trying to bamboozle me, yeah. Like I remember being in Morocco and yeah, I, you know when they're, yeah, they're haggling yeah, and yeah, begging for yeah. money, I'm just and they're like, "Oh, where are you from?" I'm like, "I'm Nigerian." Because <laughs> don't come and you don't know, come, out, come the king, the king me, mate, Because yeah, <laughs> but um, like how do like where do I feel like I'm from? I feel like I'm I'm Nigerian, but okay. I know that obviously when I am in Nigeria, I don't feel like. I'm a complete Nigerian. I don't feel like they they view me as one of them. So, do you know what I mean? So, so, as Sean said, he's Nigerian in Nigeria. Are you Nigerian in Nigeria? I guess I'm. Um, I feel like I'm Nigerian, but um, I'm not accepted as Nigerian. So I guess like I'm, I'm British. Just say yeah, English. Nigerian, yeah. British, or okay, whatever. Fair, fair, fair. Yeah, I guess. Well, yeah. Well, all right, cool. I'll ask now. What what made you come to that conclusion? Obviously, you both kind of said it fluctuates depending on where you are, but I guess. In your home, which I guess is here for the moment, if that's where you call home, maybe you want to tell me different. That identity at home, what formulates that? Why do you say you're Nigerian if someone in the UK asked you if you're Nigerian or not? I guess because my parents are Nigerian, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, as in, as per, they were brought up there yeah, and yeah. everything. So, like, them raising me. I wasn't even born in this country either, so... Yeah. Like them raising, bringing me up and stuff. Like, so you, they brought you, me. You're first generation, then, yeah, or second? Would you say? Well, no, I'm no generation British. <laughs> <laughs> As I wasn't born here, so yeah, I, yeah. you know, what I mean, I so yeah, my yeah. my passport was acquired because of like I lived here and That's, whatever yeah, residency yeah. and all that stuff, and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't born here, so yeah. But you yeah. You, you raised here. Yeah, I was raised here. Okay. Yeah. And and you, Sean? Um, I think it depends on how engraved into the culture because it's all a socialist construct really yeah like, so if 
you feel like you're you can be born here and be and still be as Nigerian as somebody who is living in Nigeria because it's how you're brought if yeah. everybody in your family speaks Yoruba, for example, and you know, you speak the language as well mm-hmm. and you know stuff about Nigeria and you're in touch with what goes in and then who's anyone else to say, especially if your family are actually Nigerian, mm-hmm. who's anyone to say, Oh yeah, just because you live in England, you know, that makes you less Nigerian than somebody who's in Nigeria. And that's just the living experience. But yeah. You're still Nigerian by blood anyway, you're still as Nigerian as they are. It's just mm. they've because they could have been like living in Nigeria to the twenty one and then left to Canada or America for another twenty years. Does that make them less Nigerian? No. So wherever mm. you live it's not really to do with you know, what makes you where your heritage is is more to do with I just I just attribute it attribute attribute it to like your how engraved into the culture you are. So if you're even in, in England and you're not really that engraved into the culture, you might not really identify it. Mm. It's just really what you kinda like mm-hmm. identify with and obviously we know that you can really identify as whatever. You know. <laughs> Fair enough. Um do, do you think that same mindset applies if you've never been to the place that you're saying you identify from? Yeah. Because you can still know stuff about that place and not really be not really go there. And you can go there and not really know much about the place either. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. And I think that's kind of where a lot of the discussion and what I was talking about kind of stemmed from. Like obviously people have taken their own views and it's something that different people have spoken about at different times. But um I would say for me anyway, why I identify said African first, then Sierra Leone and then British. Um I no matter who asks you. I, it does like i'm not going to pretend that as as you're saying um when you go abroad particularly uh, in in europe um i would say i'm from england london whatever because it makes yeah. sense yeah mm-hmm. um when i'm in the uk obviously that's what i'm talking about african first etc etc um when i'm in sierra leone um i i think it's more them not accepting you than anything else and i wouldn't even say people haven't accepted me but you just if you're if you haven't got the full grasp of the language if you haven't really um if you weren't raised the way people say for example through school years that kind of formative building of your character and stuff like that not really being able to understand so maybe people can speak fluent um our language but don't know the kind of slang the kind of code word that people use although that is the language correct you can communicate they know for a minute that you're not really you're not from where we're from (coughs) same with slang in the uk do you think it's only? I think it's only because of um, the struggle. I think. What do you mean? The only reason why people say you're not from certain places is because of the struggle that they go through in that country. I think, in large part, it can be the struggle, but I don't think it's necessarily just that. I think it's also the way you live your life and how you like. Some people, if you speak a certain way, they'll say you're white as a black person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you speak the language in an accent from Britain, or whatever, you also say you're a white man. Or whatever, Wouldn't that yeah? because the almost like projecting the fact that oh you must everybody in Africa thinks when you go to England you're just living like a calm life maybe yeah I think a lot of people yeah I think traditionally that's the view I think that's changing a bit now and that's from experience but I also think yeah on the whole they just see it as the highest standard of living the fact that certain things are entitlements by virtue of you living here um, and all of that kind of thing I think yeah many people so that that kind of stems from everyone knows like if you grow up in ends and you grew up in low income family, it's been a struggle from day dot. You're going back to maybe Africa or Caribbean to see your cousins who are struggling as well and they're expecting you to be living like a king, but they don't know 
you've got racism as well as struggle as well as all these other things and it's it's a madness isn't it but you can't really translate that because they haven't got the nhs they haven't got access to free education they haven't got all these other things mm-hmm. and picking up what you said morocco exactly um I, I i can speak on that from experience have you been i have and through mm-hmm. transit um, and that's probably the best time to really see what well, i go on about that um i say that because i was traveling from sierra leone through morocco to mm-hmm. come back here and obviously you're coming with a lot of sierra leonean nationals and just people from africa in general mm-hmm. and the way they treat you from looking at you is almost in unison with a degree of disrespect and just disregard mm-hmm. i'm not saying everyone and i'm not in any way trying to denigrate the country as a whole mm-hmm. i'm just saying through the airport where it's it's a good example to see mm-hmm. but the minute you now identify as holding a burgundy passport or navy blue now um and show that you're from the west or particularly britain america and one of them ones immediately elevated status immediately come here immediately let me show you this or fast track here or whatever else it's, it's a privilege it's and a I've, privilege. I've spoken on lie. that before mm-hmm. and, and nothing really can account for that level of privilege um i've seen it through friends when we go through uni um those who have um indefinite um leave to remain versus who are passport holders the treatment the experience is it's, it's mad so I, there's there's no part of me um, that doesn't recognize that, and yeah, to some extent, they are talking truth when you go back and they say they're not one of us, because they haven't got that level of entitlement and privilege that you've experienced. We all talk about privilege and identifying other people's privilege, but we don't really understand what it means mm-hmm. wholeheartedly, because we're all beneficiaries here. Yeah, Listen, genuinely. Kind of go back to my point about the struggle. Because you're saying if, if they're talking about the privilege that you have, if you're mm. not struggling like how they're struggling, because if you have that green passport. But to some extent, I don't think everything over there is more, more of a struggle than here. I think so many things over there are so much more peaceful. Like, say, for example, the kind of society, the things in society that plague our communities, like uh, massive violence and stuff like that. You think things that aren't really <coughs> affecting people there. Not to say they haven't got their own problems, or not to say there isn't other types of things going on. But the kind of targeted um, discrimination and like almost like don't get me wrong, there's certain things that are part of our community that we need to deal with, and there's problems within that, and those could be for all sorts of factors, mainly because of the way we've either been housed or dealt with or kind of like boxed together. We're all kind of like crabs in a bucket in that sense. But there's other things that are layered on top of us without any say so without any um attempt um or almost say like means testing it's just this is your situation whether or not you work hard whether or not you you want to i'm talking about hair uh, it happens i'm sort of everywhere but i'm saying things that are specific to hair mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily um the case there um and these are your realities that you kind of have to deal with that's why Wait, so are you saying the struggles here harder I don't think you can say that. I think definitely certain things here are so much easier. There's no doubt. Uh, that's the privilege I'm talking about. But the kind of, I think the more intangibles is what I'm actually referring to. That's so much better there. Like there's you, you, you know, from from childhood, like they'll be like, ah, oh, behavior-wise, people we always, or at least at a stage, you always said, ah, oh, if you were growing up there, you would never be doing that. You would always be respectful. You'd always be this. You would always be that. These kind of intangibles that are you, you believe are instilled in people who are are born and lived there it may not always reflect the reality don't get me wrong but at least in principle these are the kind of social grounding kind of things and the love for self because over there i'm not saying that racism doesn't operate there as well but i'm saying at least you're all the same 
you're growing up in the same I circumstances. No, I disagree. Fair, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, I think it's just. Yeah. I Go think on. it's just ten times worse. Go yeah. On, every I, single yeah. way. Get to me. Get to me. Even in racism. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I feel like. I feel like. <laughs> I just feel like it's so so bad. Like mm, mm. even the racism that we face here. Mm. The reason why it's worse there is because if you're, I won't call it. I'll say it's. I guess maybe like you're. Uh, what's it called? You're in. At this, like a, you're you being an agent of uh, white supremacy. <laughs> basically. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> like they're upholding white supremacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Word, so it's, word. Like it's even yeah, worse maybe. there because yeah. it's from your own people. Yeah. So I mean? okay. So break it down for me. I'm not saying I, I, yeah, I understand I'm, I'm, what you're saying. Yeah, break yeah I know it you're down. not disagreeing, but it's just like if someone else is holding you back <clears throat> based on the, you know the foundations white people were created in that country yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? how they've exposed and all yeah. that type of stuff but now they're being like okay cool we see what white people have done it's not good but I'm still going to up- uphold this foundation so we can take advantage of you so for my own personal benefit mm. I feel like that's even worse than than here where white people can't really do it to your face like that man will do it to your face and you know it's what so, it is so let me just ask you then when you're talking about those kind of stuff operating there are we talking about um, I don't know the the elites, the national elite of that society now taking over the roles that the old colonials used to play or are we talking about those same people in higher positions maybe in like the civil service or those kind of positions only wanting to still take instruction from white or non-black people elevating those non-black people to the highest positions and and effectively glorifying them and entrenching that not for personal gain but just to uphold the ideology no, that for they personal, are. For, for, for personal okay gain. so that, that's that's what i'm saying it's slightly different but yeah i, I understand it's still racism <laughs> i know for a fact still operates mm. to so many degrees over there and if it's not racism it's now a devolved classism that they've borrowed from racism and that same entrenched kind of thing that and even the the like Family unit, like you can't really trust your family there because everyone's struggling so bad. You know? it's, everything is just literally for an opportunity. Don't get me wrong, gonna be family like you trust and all that, but yeah. you literally can't really trust anyone because everyone's just trying to find a way to come up for their own personal gain or for their own family. Yeah, the structure so is good. The structure here is probably one of the best in the world, even though we have our issues, but it's probably one of the best in the world because. Yeah even on the ground level, even when you're really struggling, like you can still really just kind of be like, you know what, yeah, I can get through. I mean, people complain here, don't get me wrong, because, you know, they can still do more, but compared to the people who are, you know, back home, like, they would kill just yeah. to be... I think there's there's some there's an abundance of options, at least here. Yeah. There's, there's ways in which you can navigate the system. I think the system currently in its still formulation is still discriminatory and slanted to benefit those at the top but i think that even before multiculturalism that was always the way whether it be class and stuff like that i think that was always entrenched in that society that kind of like top-down kind of structure but yeah I, I i get what you're saying in in terms of um it never being that 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 bad because as i said the privilege and the entitlements at least um create some sort of safety net if if obviously there's homeless people there's people without any help or whatnot but if they are able to follow the means and go through certain hoops and whatnot, they can achieve some semblance of a, a decent standard of living. Um, I'm not saying that applies to every single situation, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, as we know, this country is very privileged, whether you're black, white, whatever you are. If you're if you're living here legally, mm-hmm. you've got a privilege that um, you will not find. And I, I do genuinely <coughs> believe, and I think it's... Even this, the element when I said 
African, Sierra Leonean, British, it took me a little while. Obviously, when I was young, you all maybe feed into the whole British, yeah, British means uh, multicultural, whatever. But um, when I started really, when I placed African first, when I placed Sierra Leonean African, it, it became harder to accept British. But I, when you go abroad, you also deep how important the British side is. Like I'm talking about black British. I'm talking about British as a whole. There's so much to actually be proud of and own and feel accepted and belonging to in this culture um, and the society that we've built. Yeah, we're fighting against certain things, particularly from the past that have been entrenched and have been very, very bad to our people, our ancestors, for um, better use of a better word. But at the end of the day, we've still amongst ourselves created a society that is now, particularly in the last few years, beginning to flourish and blossom and really we're taking on the world effectively so i think um i will never lose sight of that side of things but i think it's important the reason i said african first is because i believe um you're not african because you're born in africa you're african because africa's born in you that's a phrase that's been thrown around but it's the same principle as you're saying sean when you're saying uh, a nigerian person who eats the food who speaks the language who was born a bread of nigerians and everything but they're living in here it's not going to leave them because they're not thing. And I think that Africanness is, is another word for black in our society, how we throw around black. It is coming from Africa as a black person. And that's that kind of stuff is number one, paramount, in my opinion, anyway. Because that's what brings us together. That's the unison, that's the, the common denominator that brings our people, whether whatever shade you are, whatever, whatever. That's that's the most important thing. And more, most particularly is that those of us who say we are from these newly created named countries that didn't exist. That's why the Jamaican thing doesn't make no sense. What's that? What do you mean? But the white yardy thing because Jamaicans are not Jamaican, they're African. I heard so 100%. To claim it's something that 100%. is not even really yours. M- majority Nigerian and Ghanaian specifically. I mean, so, so like yeah, yeah. White yardy can be Jamaican. 100%. Talking Jamaicans be Jamaican, but I think yeah. people kind of just got mixed up because they see Jamaica as a black. Yeah, Nigeria, Nigeria. I'm sorry, Jamaica is not black solely at all. You only have to go there to see that. Have you been? I have not. No, but I've I've got family from there. I've got I've I've seen through like mm-hmm, video mm-hmm. and stuff that there are many people who speak or live a Jamaican lifestyle, much better than those who are third, fourth generation British who have whatever. And that's not to discriminate or um, to denigrate them, but those who claim by visual only that you are part. And want to exclude people on that basis, I think is problematic. But at the same time, I'm at the same time I'm promoting that same ideal by saying, once you have, once you're from there and you have that kind of heritage, you are part of it, and it's up to you to decide wh- how far and how much of a part of it you want to be. Mm. So that's kind of where I kind of stand with that. Thank you for tuning in to another week of Let Me Sip, Yuzi. Oh, just here? Yeah, sure. Bye.